0: This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets.
1: It's time for July 4th. Zupan's has everything that one needs for a fantastic July 4th. We'll start with ready-to-heat barbecue rib dinner with Rufus Teague barbecue sauce, baked beans, everything potato salad, which is really good, Mm -hmm. corn and tomato salad, and, of course, cornbread. They also have a barbecue chicken dinner with the same barbecue sauce, a watermelon salad, cilantro lime slaw, and you can fire up your grill and order a backyard burger kit. Everything you need to create delicious and juicy burgers from three patty flavors, Zupan Signature Burger, which I highly recommend, the triple cheddar patty, or bacon and blue patty. And the kit includes your brioche buns, toppings, condiments, and chips.
0: And speaking of those burgers, Chris, I saw this on uh, Zupan's Instagram account, which, by the way, everybody should follow. Uh, it is uh, summertime, so it has started up. I'm talking about burgers in the Breezeway. Burgers in the Breezeway at Lake Oswego. Every Thursday through the summer, you can enjoy these gourmet burgers, which you just talked about, as well as toppings and French fries. And every week, they have a rotating weekly specialty burger. So this week, uh, the in fact, today, the Z-Mac Burger Shredded Iceberg, Thousand Island Dressing Pickles, uh, American Cheese, and your choice of beef or veggie patty on a sesame seed bun. Uh, this I is, didn't uh,
1: see special sauce there. Where's the special well, sauce? Well, I think the
0: so- you got the Thousand Island Dressing in there. There
1: what you I'm, go. Is what I I'm did, guessing it is. They didn't want to get in hot water, but we could say it. That's the special sauce. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. All orders are to go, so no on-site seating, but uh, uh, very easy to walk up there at the breezeway at Lake Oswego. And order and take off and enjoy it at your, you know, a house or go to a park maybe.
1: Oh, so and if you want to go to a park and do this, this is awesome. My girlfriend and I enjoyed their lobster and clam bake last month. It's coming up again Saturday, June twenty seventh. Uh, so you can get their cla- their clam bake at home, which features lobster tails, clams, wild shrimp, and kielbasa. I got to tell you, that was the best meal I've had since the pandemic started and it also features crystal champagne so um, if you really want to go do a beautiful thing and celebrate June 27th you can order that online at zoopans.com and you can look for additional dinner d- d- dates in July and you know stay tuned for August as well so that's at zoopans.com and where else Court?
0: Well you got the three locations you got McAdam you got West Burnside you got Lake Oswego and then always of course always 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 zoopans.com it's time once again portland's food scene podcast it's right at the fork with your host chris angeles from portland food adventures
1: and court johnson from kink.fm
0: we're uh we're broadcasting
1: uh together but separate it's, yes that's our hashtag this is what we've been doing since march which yeah. is interesting because the episode we have today was one of the last we recorded before COVID 19 and uh it was recorded before i think when there was just first we first started hearing talk of it in China and in Seattle and it hadn't yet been something we were dealing with. So when her release date came up, it was like right after everybody closed, started closing down and we thought it was more appropriate to wait. uh, And because we didn't even address the pandemic in that podcast. So to release something where it was the days when birds were tweeting and, you know, uh, life was as it was before. And
0: uh, NBA basketball was happening.
1: Right, which is key because uh, Chef Lex happens to be a private chef to one of the Blazers. And our March uh, celebration of Women's International History Month featured Lex and also Kiara Hardy, another Blazer chef, Mm -hmm. which we did run and we're going to run again next week uh, just to... uh, say hello and re-update or or update it but uh, Lex is the private chef to Carmelo Anthony and uh, she was not at liberty to discuss much about Carmelo but she gets into a little in the main interview about what he likes to do and and what life with him as an NBA player uh, generically would is like and what opportunities that has given her and she's very um, forthright with talking about how it has given her opportunities, and then if you listen to the addendum, which will 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 start right after the end of the original interview, which took place yesterday, uh, June twenty third, she really talks. We start talking about um, uh, George Floyd and what has transpired since then, and the privilege that she has been. Uh, that has been demonstrated for her because she's involved with NBA players. And she was adamantly opposed to that, and um, that bothers her greatly. And she's going to work to equal those things out, as, as we all are. But, um, you know, she indicates in the addendum when we're talking about this, because we didn't talk about it much beforehand, that she grew up in New Jersey and she didn't really feel Underprivileged or disprivileged as much in new jersey as she might but we talk about it update it listen to what she has to say about it i don't think you really need to hear me uh summarize it better to hear it out of her mouth. And she's much uh, she's much I, I would say she represents herself a lot better than I do. So um, Alexia Grant, who goes by Chef Lex and Court, will put all her links in the um, show notes so you can take a look at those where to find her. Uh-huh. Um, or if you listen right through to the end, she's also producing a documentary and would like to have people donate? There's some. There's a place where your money can go. Uh, your good, your altruism can go. Um, take a look at that um, on the show notes as well. So we're real fortunate to have a couple of special people who are outside of our normal Portland food world um, who came here from out of state to learn about our food world, but in a different in a different environment, they, you know, they had to f- learn how to source food in a day where they'd go get the good stuff. And interestingly enough, we're going to hear from both chefs that they learned about zoo pans early on. So we're proud and we understand that, that uh, we need to disclaim that, but we're proud that uh, we have a sponsor that anybody with, who is doing some excellent cooking would find as a source immediately for great food.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, this is Alexia Grant, also known as Chef Lex, and um, and we're, again, uh, very happy to have her on and uh, wish her luck. We don't know where Carmelo and she are going to be next year. That's we know right. they're going to complete the NBA season this year, but his contract is over with, and I, and I was glad to hear her. Well, you can hear her talk about what she thinks is going to happen with Carmelo. Listen through to the second part
0: right at the fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets inspiring you with the best in food and wine local family owned Zupan's Markets provides a unique grocery shopping experience for Portland food lovers excellent products sourced locally and from around the globe with delicious chef prepared meals for your convenience on West Burnside Southwest McAdam and Lake Oswego visit Zupan's.com and sign up for your exclusive deals and promotional offers
1: Thanks for coming in. Of
3: course, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, that's oh, nice. I'm
3: excited for this. Are you? Yeah.
1: Because I saw our friend, um, uh, Kiara, Okay. who had mentioned um, that she'd been on a ton of podcasts, but she was really happy to be on TV, and I thought, oh, well, that makes us a little less special.
3: <laughs> I so haven't have you, been have, on a lot of podcasts, but I've been on a few shows.
1: You've been on a few yeah. oh, TV shows. Yeah. What kind of TV shows have you done? Um,
3: I did Chopped and Oh, Bagu- you did. Did yeah. you win? No, it is. And there's nothing wrong with
1: we've <laughs> had. We have had some great chefs from Portland mm-hmm. out in the first round.
3: It's, so it's hard because the thing about Chopped is that no- there's nothing that can prepare you for that time constraint. Like when they say the time is up, you don't have five more seconds. Like in a restaurant when you're continually on the line you're a little bit more tight with your time because they're calling orders but when you're a private chef you're kind of rocking to your own rhythm right
1: and you can set your own exactly
3: so when they're like you know breathing down my neck 20 seconds i'm literally having panic (laughs) you can't cook or think or anything and the judges they they were really like motivating they didn't tear you down they didn't really say much bad things about me at all i think personality wise they rocked with me but um yeah i just didn't get all my food on the plate in time
1: who was who were the judges when you were there do you remember
3: my very favorite idol who i love alex Mm Cornishelli, um scott conant and another i believe seamus i believe his name is seamus he's like really into, like, health and fitness. I don't know him that well, but he was, I don't know. He was on it. Like, he knew everything about nutrition. Because my episode was, like, the nutrition episode.
1: And did they pick up on something? Because you were, you know, you, you're a private chef to basketball player. That's, yes. So you'd have to be in the
3: nutrition? Um, no, actually. Like, I was, how I even got on Chopped, was before I started working with celebrities, I um, was the backup for them. So, like, when you are on the show, there's a chef in the back, God forbid something happens. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, like, I, I, an extra contestant, because if there's not an extra contestant... that makes sense. ...then the whole show, the whole day shot. Right. So uh, I did that for them a couple times, and they were like, "No, we have an episode that's perfect for you, and I had just got the job. <laughs> like... So they didn't even know that that's who I worked for and they drilled me man they were like come on you got to say who and at that time like my contract was pressed like I couldn't even say who I cooked for
1: um was that that is that standard in the industry
3: um it it is depending on the caliber player that you have and where they're at in their career so when I got to my client he had already you know been in the league for 10 years plus Um, He had, you know, some bad experiences in the past with people that don't know how to move in that world. Uh, So to protect him, to protect me, especially me being just a regular, regular person entering this world of, like, celebrity stardom. I don't know what I'm up against. Like, paparazzi is no joke. (laughs) I'm just going to let you know. Like, when they're ready, they don't care who you are. Kids, they don't, chef, like... There's no hold barred. Sure, that's the
1: job is to be, exactly. the, to be the biggest assholes that can possibly be.
3: Right. So they protect the that clause is to protect me from getting caught up in that.
1: Well, so I well first of all, we are into this and I think in the intro we probably would have said this, but you you you've been cooking for how long for Carmelo Anthony?
3: I have been uh, By the way, cooking. who,
1: you know, for <laughs> my alma one of my alma maters, I have two awesome basketball alma maters
3: okay Syracuse, so Syracuse yes. and University of
1: Arizona awesome so um but I go back far enough to uh you can mention to your to your client to Manly Fieldhouse which I know he knows about okay. but that was a long time ago long time it ages me so <laughs> um but at any rate so how is it possible mm-hmm. to even sign a clause mm-hmm. saying you can't talk about this person because you have friends they know so, it gets out there. It, you they can't they control
3: them, and and it's not necessarily like friends and things like that. It's media.
1: Oh, so you're so, yes. So right. it's easily capped because if some friend talks about it, you can say that's but, a hearsay. But they can they can right. find it in the media. They can find it in social media. Right. So yeah okay but we're allowed to you're you're okay with us just saying he's your client you he's cook He's one him of every, my
3: many clients. <laughs> okay, there you go. I still but like he's, to say but, that.
1: He's, but he's your but you cook for him every day. So
3: Yeah yeah, he's the he is my um I want to say patron can i like if that's the correct terminology like, patron saint yes he right? literally is my patron saint, he, was, he was he a changed patron my th- life <laughs> he
1: was a patron saint i think it was last night uh yes for the killed blazers it man. Last he killed it.
3: so yeah. um
1: and it's good to i mean see all the man. guys
3: did well really yeah
1: yeah it's a it's a i don't follow them day to day uh, enough to um to know what's going on right. but i don't follow day to day but i did see uh, you know in my feeds Yeah. He killed it last night. I mean, I'm going to
3: say all the guys had the spirit last night because I don't know if you know, but today's the Kobe Memorial in L.A.
1: No, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah. So um, I really feel like, you know, they came together, especially with us coming, you know, while the season already started. They're really coming together like brotherhood. It's beautiful to watch everybody build this relationship and like work with each other's strengths and weaknesses and last night was a huge show of that just the camaraderie the team's building
1: because of kobe or just just because time it's a a gelling team
3: tragedy always does two things it either tears people apart brings people together right and um this team has two players that has played with kobe Mm -hmm. um so i think that and they're both vet players so i think just the the unity that That brings it really hits home for everyone especially everyone that has kids Mm -hmm. um you know this is somebody that like so many guys idols in this league like so many of our greats now like looked to him for guidance to even get here so like that in itself is a binder for them that's like you know what we're gonna go as hard as we can because we really don't know how much time we have left Mm -hmm. and um it's sad, but it's it's a beautiful thing all at all at once. You know, you don't want to see your guys falling apart. You want to see them get stronger because of tragedy. So I'm glad they played well. It was a great game yesterday.
1: So are you um are you Oh that you could have asked me?
3: Oh, okay, okay.
1: We're, we're pretty informal here. The, you but let, say let me I tell like you, my
3: TV, coffee. you're like <laughs> oh, no, we're not on TV,
1: and we're, pre- we're pretty damn casual here. Okay, you can cool. say, hey, man, I'm dying for my coffee. It's right hey, there. Man.
3: Oh, thank you. Right there. There, yeah, you, comp- you. That's
1: how informal we are. There used to be a table there, but now there's a, a box.
3: Um, so, I'm rocking with the box. But do, do you like our lighting? Box? We
1: just Today was the first time we ever turned that lamp on and don't have fluorescent light.
3: Thank you for that. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate the ambiance. It's really, like... Oh, and you got a green screen Smooth behind you. Hair. this is all
1: new, this is all new for us. But I was telling court before we started today. I was my girlfriend now has um, suggested that when we go to hotels we bring fluorescent. we bring um incandescent light bulbs with us because some of these it. hotels, man,
3: right. Yeah, it's I got shirts over. over the
1: lights and stuff. <laughs> yeah. so this was this is kind of nice. I like this uh, little ambiance, and it's good for you, too. Yeah. So um, and the only other time, well, no, I've met, met you a couple of times, but it was at Blue Hour. Lighting's very nice there, so, okay. so I'll always, I'll always that, remember that bar you in nice lighting. That
3: bar was beautiful. There's actually a bar like that in Oklahoma that I would go to all the time when we were there. Um, it's called Broadway 10, and mm-hmm. they it, I would go there just because of like that open bar feel. It's like very nice and spacious at the top, but the lighting is very warm and the decor is warm and just makes you feel comfortable. I I think it's
1: I, just I was there though. You're not gonna say that it was because <laughs> the vibe is a little bit more than you little bit you. You I have great taste and yes. guests too. Yes. You're here, oh, right? Thank Good thank taste you, so um <laughs> but also um that's the other thing. You know, you come to Portland mm-hmm. um and are sort of you know your clients in the limelight and you're doing some great things and you are you all of a sudden become amongst one of the better chefs in the sit in a city yeah. where there are a lot of great chefs. Yeah. I mean, wherever you go, there are a lot of great chefs. But in Portland, man, I've always said our chefs are our celebrities. We have the Blazers, and mm-hmm. that's you can call the Timbers a sports franchise, but it's not the same as <laughs> right. So you're doing, <laughs> like,
3: what are the Timbers? I'm sorry, yeah,
1: Portland. <laughs> okay. Well, so no, I'm a baseball fan, and okay. there's no football here. So the Blazers. Mm-hmm. What, what struck me years ago is. Wow, our chefs are celebrities right. here because everybody loves our food and the mm-hmm. cool thing about chefs is you get to you can meet them with open kitchens and right. interact with them. So that's what we're doing. So you get to a town like Portland, a city and you don't know anything, man. You So when did you get here in from December? Jersey, man. From Jersey. <laughs> yes.
3: You don't know anything. Totally different so, vibe like this was I didn't know what to expect coming here. Like when I looked it up, all I kept seeing was "Keep Portland Weird." And I'm like, "What the hell? Do I want to go mean? there?" Yeah, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I, I was very curious. I'm like, "What do they mean by that?" And I I mean, I guess maybe it's that people here are very unique and that they they aren't really trying to conform to like societal standards of how things are supposed to go.
1: Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah, and give just, it to me. Just guess. <laughs> First of all, you you're here in 2020. Yeah. So that was that was coined. I don't know when it was coined, but I got here in 2005, mm. and I could see it. So, like, if you uh, did, you ever watch Portlandia? Yeah. Okay. So that a lot of what is cari- uh, caricature there. Was kind of really happening, like you know, the fact that you wanted, you needed to know where the chicken, what farm the chicken came from, and what its name was, and what its daily life was like.
3: (laughs) That was that was Portland. That's Portland, and you know,
1: I've met a lot of people. There are people who do really interesting pop-ups here uh, that are wouldn't just couldn't fly somewhere else, Mm -hmm. and just I'm not going to go into all the examples, but um, it's not. But in 2020, now you see all the hotels opening up. Right? Yeah. So just it's becoming
3: about, very It's, becoming, uh, le- it's, it's becoming
1: less weird. Okay. So because it's adopting all the shitty things about, and they're good too, right? Yes. It's commercial, but about Seattle and Los Angeles, we got big hotels. Right. And, and now you're seeing a lot of um, great chefs. Who are now hedging their bets a little bit and opening restaurants in hotels because all these new hotels are coming in and they're saying... Who do I, who do we need to partner with to to get a name? That's
3: the new patron. Right.
1: But it helps the chefs in a tough, mm -hmm. tough world where margins are so slim. Right. And we'll get to that in a minute because you don't need to worry about margins, man. It's one thing. It's totally different being private. Different ball game. (laughs) But but that's what's, so when you're talking about, you don't see the keep Portland weird as much. It's not as weird as it was and it's going to get less weird because. We're more tourists now, and mm-hmm. more people are moving here yes. from p- from more places. So, so
3: many people I've met from like California, from Arizona. Yeah. I'm like, where are people that are from Portland? <laughs> where, they're, where are they? <laughs> they're they're
1: around, <laughs> okay. but they're also probably not running in the same circles you're running in. I mean, you're okay. you're in a pretty high profile situation. S- situation. Yeah. So um, yeah, you're not you're not finding the local port. Uh, as a matter of fact. Every single person, you in the Blazers organization, I shouldn't say this, I don't know this, but at least with the players, they're not from Portland. They Yeah, you know, that's true.
3: Well, you know, I will say shout out to Chef Kenny and Chef B, um, who really, really welcomed me in. They are like, they are from Arizona, but they've been here for so many years now. They really showed me the ropes
1: and of what's their? Portland. What do they do?
3: Uh, they are also Blazer chefs. Okay. Yeah, they um take care of uh, Chef Kenny has a company similar to mine, um, but it's just him and B and they take care of I wanna say like four to six of the players. Oh so, so between me, Chef Kenny, Chef B, and Chef Killa, we kinda like take care of the starting five. Oh.
1: So, and it's all about the and starting then some. five. So do and you then do, some. <laughs> are the chefs is like, well, okay, well you're not in the starting five chef oh, club. You know what so,
3: I will say, <laughs> this is my very first time experiencing this type of camaraderie amongst private chefs.
1: Because you're in Portland.
3: Okay. That's
1: what the vibe is here. I
3: like that. Like, you know, I love being in this space now where we're not in competition with one another. We're not shooting each other down like we're literally coming together to try to build something more and hopefully integrate this sort of like this camaraderie this this passion this drive for our players in other cities like
1: well that's going to happen as a matter of course because all these players are not going to stay here forever that's the nature of the business very true very moving around so um, this is my third city so right and you're you're actually it's kind of cool. You can judge it. I don't know, but you're in this place in time with the Blazers organization because mm. a year ago it was very different and five years ago, absolutely completely different. I think okay. Dame was just starting at that point and maybe he's been here a little longer. I can't keep track, but but the point is everybody's changing all the time. So you um, so so there are some players that have their you came here with Carmelo from mm-hmm. where he was last time, which is weird.
3: We were in New York. Oh, in New York, right? Yeah, really. From New, because I thought it was we Denver. Were out for a season. No. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. Uh, so far, my travels. um I got my job in New York, and then from there we went to Oklahoma, then we went to Houston, then we went back to New York, and <sighs> now we're here.
1: Right. So some players have you. Yes. someone who travels with them, and yeah. others you just mentioned. Okay, there's some great. There's companies in Portland that will accommodate when you mm-hmm. get traded to Portland. Don't worry, we have a chef yes. for you. And we'll so take okay, care
3: of you. it really like for me. Uh, I started off as okay, just the chef, do my chef job. But when you are around the type of people that I'm around, and like you meet the team, and they teach you things, you can't help but grow with your client. And um, this is a really like this type of job, you have to be adaptable and you have to be able to wear many hats. Like I've had receptionist jobs. I've worked front of house. I've worked back of house. I've worked in pharmaceuticals. And I never thought that all of those things would culminate into me being able to like have the company that I have now and offer what I offer. But each of those stepping stones gave me the end to be more to my client than just the chef
1: well i think that's integral to anything when you have yeah. to have a, a especially so you're dealing with a chef with high expectations right and let's not keep talking about Car- carmelo per se but right. i mean one in your position can be dealing with someone who's been around the block he's been he's not a rookie
3: right so i mean honestly he, he, between him um i also take care of trevor ariza he's one of my clients as well as a Slew of clients like in other NBA teams ranging in age from just getting into the league to vet players. And I mean, to be honest with you, everybody has their own set of needs, but you just have to be adaptable. I think that's like Private Chef, it should have like hyphenated adaptable because you have to wear every hat. Like, right, because you're there. Because I'm By there, the boots so on the ground, you know, like, but
1: you're in the house. Right? I'm in the house. You're in the house. And right. so there are probably things that come up. Go I ahead. would imagine that as a woman, as uh, you like, things. I don't want yeah, I don't, but I don't, the, in many cases, I go, I don't do that, you know, so. And, but,
3: and that is the hard separation because right. there is a lot of chefs that's like, I don't do that. I don't this, but I mean, my ability to adapt and to take care of many situations and to f- be a problem solver. Like right. even if it doesn't have anything to do with food. Sometimes you the, get the household is your job. Right. Like I'm not saying that I'm, you know, you know, bussing suds and washing clothes and stuff like that. But, I'm but sure best you've, believe I'm if sure I have to, to <laughs> I will.
1: Throw something in the laundry. <laughs> yes, get
3: yes, you do. Um mm-hmm. and you just have to be understanding that you are helping somebody who matters so much to so many people be great. Mm-hmm. All those little things are just something that he doesn't have to think about, something that all my clients don't have to think about. And that's why I transitioned into lifestyle management because, like, a lot of players, even coming into the league, they have this whole staff situation of trainer and this one and that one. And honestly, like, you don't need all those people. You need a, a good core group that knows what they're doing and is easily adaptable and fluid and is willing to learn you. Like there's no one size fit all. You know, you got to be able to get in where you fit in, depending on your client. It
1: takes a while to learn. So, you know, so one of the things that I think of when I first met you and we were talking about your role as a personal chef was, um, so you have to be adaptable. Yes. And in that there are, I'm going to guess, and by the way, I want to just make a blanket statement that now when we're talking about specific instances, we could be talking about anybody in your position and any player. So yeah. we're not necessarily, we could, might be talking about an experience you've had, but you've heard a lot of experiences. So you can, you can speak to them. So I'm going to just say that one of the things that struck me that I thought to ask you when we met was mm. what happens, you know, so I'm sure there are Times when a player says, hey, I'm going to have some of my buddies over tonight. so mm-hmm. and, and you haven't gone necessarily to the market to plan for 14, guy, 14 3, yes. 7 people <laughs> coming over at, at midnight. All right, because it would be mm-hmm. after a game. And then, so you go, you got to put that all together. I'd like to hear what that is when you haven't really shopped for that occasion, how you put that. You can't just pull food out Ooh. of your, out of your, out of no, anywhere. No, you cannot. <laughs> and so then there's the, you go and do that. You get it all ready. And you, and the funny thing was, it was you that told me this. Yeah. I think, man, no, it, it might've been, um, it might've been Kiara. Um, I said, so then you'll get the call that they're not coming. And she said, oh. No, or one of you said, "Oh no, I don't even get the call." Oh, so that was, me. That was your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. I think you both call. might have yeah. experienced that because, but you don't even get the call. So you've prepared all this stuff, mm-hmm. and unlike a pissed-off spouse, right? You can't yeah. be sitting there steaming and going, no. "Well, you didn't come home." This is your client, yeah, and it's about. So you have to just. You got paid to make it. You got right. paid to do it. So
3: honestly, you know, hair off my back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do my job i do what's asked of me and i I will say this though thank god um none of my clients really uh tell me that there's people coming over and don't show you know it was her yeah (laughs) they won't tell me that it's people and then the people don't come but they will be like oh kid, you cook dinner and that dinner will be sitting there when i get there in the morning like Uh, that happens all the time because you know, they live in a world where yeah, they want they want to make sure that there's food at home, but you get caught up okay. doing your own thing. Um,
1: that's not as severe as what I was saying. That's not as severe. You know, you're going to cook. Dinner okay, anyway. I'll give an
3: example. For Super Bowl Sunday, I get a phone call. It's more like this. Like right. this is how it goes. Super Bowl Sunday, you got a phone call. Like, oh, what you doing? <laughs> you know, you thinking you have the day off, and like, oh, a couple of the guys are coming over, and you're like, all right, what's a couple? They say four. Mm-hmm. Twelve people show. Like, do you with do the you, guests? Do you
1: plan? Do you anticipate? Okay. You yes. said For
3: I have fail safes right. in order. I always keep very good cheese and uh, different salumi for salumi board because that's always something that I could put out to nibble so that I could prepare. Right. Right. I keep things in the freezer like bechamel and silicone. I keep uh, stock. Things that I would keep in a restaurant, just as meal starters, that are mine, that I know is going to be tasty and quick. Um, and I go—that's my all the time go to a good seafood pasta dish. I know I could pull a bag of frozen what's shrimp your, and your, make
1: magic happen. Well, <laughs> and if it, and if it weren't something that was on on a at the spur of the moment, what's your what what do you do? What's your best seafood pasta dish?
3: Uh, my best seafood pasta is mussels in a like. Really simple garlic white wine sauce, but then I make a fresh tagliatelle with it. Because there's that's one of my clients' favorite pasta. It soaks up that juice, mm-hmm. so good. And if you can, chefs, if you're listening, let me tell you, if you keep like one of those uh, bake at home breads in the fridge, saves your life. I have like two of the ones I can just keep in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And I could just bake off some fresh bread with that. Like, literally, that's like a 30-minute savior dish. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is so good. Um, I also like to keep chicken cut up, seasoned in the freezer. Quick thaw. Something that I know is going to be tasty. Um, Because it's, for my client himself, everything we cook is fresh. I'm literally shopping for the day. But those surprise guests, those people, I just need to make sure you're fed. Like, right. I just need to make sure as you l- have something very as yummy to eat. It's healthy and good, and you're not going to like. Well, and starve. you need to make
1: sure there's beer in the refrigerator.
3: Let me tell you, I keep a couple cases in the <laughs> freezer outside, or on top and of the freezer outside.
1: Get into that a little go. bit.
3: No one will notice that right, it's frozen. Right. Right.
1: So, um, well, that's uh, that's. Uh, so, do you have do you have clients over the, the that you, that you know don't have their palates aren't that great so
3: yeah so but then do you dial it like children
1: but (laughs) so do you necessarily dial it down because that's all they're going to appreciate like um
3: uh, so for my clients that eat like children um and i say eat like children because it's that they're not open
1: to well that's why i meant you dial it down because if you if they're not open to something that's yeah, a you
3: Yeah, so you got to have the thing that's for them, right? right? So uh, one of my go-tos for my clients that don't have these refined palates that appreciate the cheese board is my bourbon sauce. I don't know if you, growing up in Jersey, the place and the thing to do is you go to the mall with your friends, okay? Mm-hmm. And, or you go to the diner, <laughs> okay? So... I got a one diner special that is awesome that everybody loves, which is like my my chicken parm or eggplant parm. And my one go to mall food is my bourbon chicken or bourbon shrimp. This sauce I make it with—if um, they want to plug me, you can totally plug me for this. <laughs> Jack Daniel's honey, mm-hmm. and it makes. I mean, I know it's whiskey, but it, the flavor that it gives to this chicken and that sauce—you can make it so quick. And, like, it's a, everybody loves it. Like, I, that is a couple of my clients' kids' favorite food, as well as a couple of my clients, you know? So that goes over really well, Sausages, feed those
1: kids the Jack Daniels, and you're in good shape. Yes, yeah.
3: <laughs> We love you, Chef. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. Can you get again? Cook the alcohol off, though. Don't play yourself.
1: Right. <laughs> so um, we haven't talked about this at, at all yet, um, about your... How you became a chef? Okay. And, and so your background, so your journey to yes. get here. So you didn't just you didn't just plop down in no. Portland and start, you know, start making sure that the that the threes were going to be dropping all night because right. they were well <laughs> fed. Um but.
3: so my journey, wow. I've been cooking forever because in my family, I'm a Caribbean woman. I'm half Jamaican and half Indian. Um from India. So super cultural there and gender roles are very firm and strong so a woman's place was in the kitchen um i i was told from very young that it doesn't matter how smart i am it doesn't matter what i got going on for myself if i can't cook clean and take care of children my life is like worthless (laughs) so my whole life that has been the thing that i knew no matter what i had to be good at if I wanted to be married, if I wanted someone to care about me and love me and stay with me, those are the things I needed. Now, my, I'm first gen. I'm mm-hmm. first born in my family, born here in America. My parents are British, super traditional. When I told with the, them- With an accent? Yeah. Oh my God, okay. my mom's full British accent. My dad still lives in London, you know, full on. All my brothers and sisters are there. Um, When I told them I wanted to be a chef, they were like, not a- not a nurse. <laughs> like, You sure that you don't want to be a nurse? Because this is what we do in this family. The men are mechanics. The women are nurses. And we rock out like that. Uh,
1: well, I'm in the United States, though.
3: Yeah, People. like, I was I'm like, yo, y'all, I have dreams. Like, right. I have something that I want to do. And um, my grandfather, because my dad lives in London, my grandfather was my dad growing up. I called him dad and everything. Like, I knew no other. And he... in home hospice and in the house we took care of him really depressing teenage years Mm. it was a lot of emotions going on in the house and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life like when you're 16, 17, 18 and the person you, the only dad that you ever knew was literally dying before your eyes you kind of don't care you stop caring like it's mortality right in front of you all the time.
1: Well, yeah, but even without that, most 1617 years year olds aren't thinking about it You're or right. no.
3: <laughs> You're right. You're right. So I didn't go to college right away. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And my grandfather literally, like the last things that he said to me before he went into a coma was, I don't care what you do with your life. Like, don't listen to your grandma. Don't listen to your mom. I don't care what it is that you want to do. But whatever it is, you need to pick something and you need to go at it. Like, give it everything that you have. We didn't come all this way to America for you to throw your life away. You're not going to be working at no... I was working at um, a clothing store at the time. I didn't even apply to colleges. He was like, you don't have to apply to colleges. Go to a trade school. Do something. Like, give it everything that you have. And, I mean, I was 19 at the time. No, I wasn't. I was 18. Just turned 18. And I was like, oh God. All right. I could cook. I'm going to just go to cooking school. I know I could do this. And at the time, I was in love with Emerald Lagasse. He was well, like- When you're
1: aging yourself, I would have a- thought you would have said somebody else. Yeah. It, I would never have guessed <laughs> you for Emerald Lagasse. Emeril Lagasse
3: was my god. Bam. He, what do
1: you think of him now? I just feel like I, when I watch him, I it's feel like he's, like a he's sold out. Yeah, he exactly. Was, he
3: was like my idol. But you know what? This world that we have now as chefs, that's not what it was then. Yeah. He did what he had he to do. He broke a for, lot of ground. He did. And the did. sad thing when
1: I watched him, it's like, this guy set set the tone for this. And now he's going, oh, he, you know, my feeling was he said to me, we got to do a show because everybody else is doing one. Yeah. And I got to do this travel thing.
3: Yeah.
1: And man, I I, felt I don't bad know. Emerald
3: Lagasse him. was my guy at that time. Um He was the one that made me realize, like, being a chef could be more than just cooking in the kitchen somewhere. Like, I knew I could, my personality could shine. I could be me in this world. And um, it took a while because I went to culinary school. I dropped out of culinary school because I was like, yo, this is expensive. And I still got to go work in a restaurant as a dishwasher. Like, I don't think this and is going to te-
1: work out. And they're not really teaching me to be a better dishwasher. No,
3: they're not. <laughs> so um, I dropped out and I started just working in restaurants and working wherever I could get jobs. Um, I realized life is hard and making $9 an hour sucks. So I was receptionist by day, bartender by night, catering on the weekends, like just doing the most. But that range of of options and of things that I did um kind of showed me yo there are so many different lanes to this chef world I like I don't have to be in a restaurant I could have pop-ups I could have oh they didn't my- have
1: pop-ups back then yeah
3: I was in Jersey they did
1: they did yeah <laughs> I, I thought a pop. I mean, up I thought a, a pop up in Jersey means you weren't going to be living the next day. No, That's
3: a pop up. yeah, I mean, in some parts of Jersey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm from Piscataway, New Jersey. Well, like, I'm from, I want to say, 20 minutes away from Princeton. I live right outside of Rutgers University. Super suburbia, um, like after school special type of place. So I grew w- up.
1: It wasn't uh, Sopranos. Sopranosville. <laughs> All right, so you you saw. The, I didn't. I didn't think there were pop-ups back there then. Were, were they called pop-ups?
3: No, nah, they weren't. It was more like featured chefs. You know, you go and you take over a restaurant or you have a space that you go serve food. Yeah, there was definitely pop-ups. Wow. Like in New Brunswick, that, New Jersey. To me,
1: that was all new out here like five years ago. And Portland set, kind of, I always thought, it was just setting trends in nah, food. Nah, this
3: was like 10 years ago. They were okay. definitely doing that. In Jersey. I mean, New well, York and New minute. Jersey, so things wait happen. Wait a
1: minute, you got to pray. First of all... I would. Ne- I was surprised when you said Emerald Lagasse because you look so much younger. But so, what I was know. the space between Emerald? <laughs> I know, but but Emerald Lagasse. So you must have been a little kid. When you were watching him, because um, uh, yeah. that was for I, me. Don't I forget, res- I also
3: I- spent like a lot of time with my grandparents. So the things that we would watch on TV, so
1: but that, <laughs> was so what he was your when you were a little kid. So yeah. that was a long time ago. Yeah. So you worked in a number of restaurants. Yeah. And you went from dishwasher to the line, and yes. and you got to know I worked so wh-
3: all parts corporate cafeterias. Like worked. So when did you asking? get the
1: confidence? Where did you, when and where did you get the confidence to say oh, I I can do pop? I'm gonna I can just run this. I can just show. do whatever I want. Yeah.
3: Um, I've always been a little brazen.
1: <laughs> no, I've
3: always been no. a little a little spicy. Little, I want to do what I want to do. Um, so I I did the fake it till you make it thing. <laughs> right. I started telling everybody, even though at the time I was working at Fig and Olive at night, corporate cafeteria during the day, catering on weekends, and I was telling everybody I'm I'm about to be a celebrity chef. And they were looking at me like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, y'all wait, I'm gonna be a celebrity chef. At the time, I wanted to cook for Wiz Khalifa really, 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 really bad because, like, I am a huge cannabis connoisseur <laughs> and I... Was just like, yo, I'm gonna cook this cannabis infused food for Wiz Khalifa, and I'm gonna become popping, and y'all are gonna watch it happen. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. <laughs> I still have yet to cook and for this, him.
1: But this is a long time before. Shout out to you, Wiz. <laughs> but this is a while before cannabis inf- cannabis was gonna be. Conf-
3: no, this is when cannabis just. Start- it's when it became legal in Colorado.
1: Oh, okay. So, so I is, was like, oh, no. So this I'm isn't gonna... long.
3: No, you're, no. You're, 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 I've been doing this. Yes. I've been private for eight years. Oh, still. Uh,
1: okay. When did it become legal in Colorado? Like 14,
3: 15? Yeah. No, it hasn't been 10. It's been we were, 10 It's been 10. It's been 10. We were 15. Colorado was didn't pro-
1: proceed us by that much.
3: Okay. It must have just been getting legalized. But mm-hmm. that was my, like, I always knew. Yo. I'm going to cook with me. This is going to be a thing I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Colorado and I'm going to do this. Um, that was the That was what I thought was going to bring me fame. That's not at all what happened. I actually in my faking it till you make it and telling everybody that I want to be this private chef and that I you know I cook so good and all of this. I ended up landing my first celebrity client, which was Angela Simmons. Um, Reverend's daughter. I don't know if you know who that is.
1: Mm, no.
3: Ah, you know her run DMC, right? Mm-hmm. All right. His daughter. One of okay. their
1: daughters. <laughs> all right.
3: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's, that, it's okay. That's, that's
1: not my musical it's world. Okay.
2: It's okay. But,
3: um, she yeah. was my very first uh, celebrity client. She taught me the game. She introduced me to all these people. She would post my food. She She literally put the battery in my back and was like, you're going to be great because you work for me. Then I had the blessing to cook for her whole family, which is the Simmons family. Wow. That everybody like oh, well, yeah, grew no, up okay. watching and Run's now, house. Now it's,
1: now it's, yes. Okay, now it's, so now now I'm now.
3: like, oh my God. And her dad said uh, something to me that like changed the game. Uh, it was Christmas. Um, I went with my really good friend, Glenn Roy Brown, who is the executive chef of Mason Pickle, Uh, Jacob's Pickle and Lucky Pickle Dumpling and now opening another restaurant. Now, at the time, he had just started and we were both like, we went to culinary school together. So we were like getting our feet wet and trying to be who we are now. And he came up to us both. He gave us both a $200 tip and was like, you two will never be without a job. I was like, well, I'll be damned. Mm -hmm. Sure, you're right, (laughs) And it was, it was lights out from there. That was the, that was the confidence that I needed. I knew I had it in me, but you always have that doubt. You always have that, oh, but what if I don't? What if I'm this? That right there just solidified it. I knew what I was doing. Like what my family raised me to do, like I, we're British. I did not realize tea service would be a thing that would separate me from other chefs. Like we had tea every day. this is a thing that guys like. They pay lots of money for me to come and bring them this thing. Um, it was it was a game changer, for real.
1: That's great. And so where did where where did you take it from that? How'd you get into the how'd you get into the, the NBA? NBA?
3: Yeah, uh, I was asked. I was asked. My Instagram helped. My Instagram was really good. I took a lot. Uh, Angela What is your helped Instagram, with that. By the way, my Instagram is Chef Lex Grant.
1: Okay. Yeah. Is there any other? It's just one no, word. Just
3: at Chef Lex Grant kept okay. it real simple and cute for y'all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Just for us.
3: Um, I Instagram helped. Um, I just reached out to other people. I've never been scared to give other people their flowers. Big up other chefs. If I admire you, I'm going to tell you I admire you. Like this is awesome what you're doing. Like can you help me? Can you show me? Because I mean. I'm like that now. Yo, if you know something, I don't know, I am a, a learner. I will humbly take my hat off and sit down and watch and learn whatever it is that you have to teach. I feel like that's what makes you better. Um, So my boy, Chef Courtney Harris, that's my guy, man. He had asked me to help him lose weight. And I was like, yeah, got you. And he started giving him these meal preps. He was like, oh, we should write a book. I was like, really? Okay. I called my team because
1: there aren't, the a lot time, of nurse, a there aren't a lot of nurses writing books. No,
3: there aren't a lot of nurses writing books. <laughs> 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 and the book didn't pan out, but he got an opportunity that was awesome. And he asked me, he was like, yo, do you want to interview for my client? I was like, who's your client? He said, Carmelo Anthony. I was like, no. He was did saying,
1: you what? know who he was? I did know were who you, he were, was. Were you a fan, of basketball fan I was I t-
3: actually a fan of his wife. Oh. Yeah. Huge. What does fin. she do? What does she
1: do to be? She, she is
3: an actress, but she's from, um, Piscataway. She went to high school there for a little while. So she's the celebrity that we all know. She's mm-hmm. the one that's like, we love you. Lala. <laughs> she was only there for a quick second. She doesn't claim Piscataway. She spent way more time in Atlanta and Brooklyn than she did in Piscataway. But it's a small town. Like when somebody makes it from your town, you know, now, you know, there's several of us, um, my good friend Malcolm Jenkins, who plays for the Eagle two-time Super Bowl champ, he also gave me a shot really early on, doing meal prep and just giving me an opportunity to grow. Um, but yeah, back to the point. I was a fan of Law. She is I'm still a fan of her. I think she's a phenomenally strong, independent woman, paved her own way, like such a sweet, genuine woman. Like she was the person why I took the job. And then I was like, nothing of basketball. I still am like learning the game every time I go, which helps. It helps when you're not a fan.
1: Do you go to a lot of the games? Uh, yeah,
3: the home ones. Um, when we go to the playoffs. When? I'll be flying out to a playoff game or two just to show um, moral support, especially on this coast. Um, But yeah, Courtney asked me if I wanted to interview for the job. And at first I said no because – I was still working with Angela at the time. Um, she had just had a baby and I was like, you know, I want to be there for her. And he was like, Do you know what the salary is? I was like, no. He was like, just come and interview. <laughs> I said, okay. I did not think I was gonna get this job. It was I was the only woman. It was me against seven other guys. And the interview process was stringent. It took about six weeks. And it was interview after interview after interview, like rounds, like it was very stressful and i made it down to the last two and i was like i'm not gonna get this they're not gonna pick me i'm a girl like and the guy i was going I up think against, that, i would
1: think that that uh, you know i that it would that a player would want would prefer a woman in the house no for than, me they're around guys all the time i'm in mean, yes, the locker room all the very time true, very let's true. have let's have someone i can have that kind of camaraderie with in the house,
3: you mind you, I'm just a regular, regular person, so I, I understand didn't even that, and I know. Didn't mean, I
1: didn't mean that, by the way, to be sexist at all. Oh I just no,
3: no, no, no! I didn't take it as sexist. Well, they are around guys are all the time. There are people listening. Oh, that true, mind, true. So that's why I was. No, y'all, it's not like that. You guys have to totally understand. In the world of celebrity, them, it is very difficult. Like with intention, a lot of women, especially. Uh, are looking at these guys not just as a job but also as a potential meal ticket so to protect everyone's interest you really got to be like on it you don't it, i'm in the house all the time i'm not you know i'm not an attractive woman I, it's a lot to be a woman in your you your cute and you're in somebody's house all the time that's a dude like I think what helped me the most is that I had a really good relationship with his wife and I had a good relationship with the team more than I had a relationship with the player. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be careful of that because it could always look crazy. It's, it's not even about what you're actually doing. It's about what things look like mm-hmm. and you can't make anybody uncomfortable in their own home. Like I had to be aware of every single aspect, what I'm doing, what I'm posting on social media Like being overly sexualized, like is very difficult. You can't. You have to be so in charge of your reputation if you're going to work with celebrities. You can't be uh, a party girl and think that, or a party guy even, and think that it's gonna fly. You being like in a person's home who's super private, who's not on the scene like that. Like my clients rock with me and my company because of the level of security and and kind of secret society ish like yes i got you and we rock but nobody even needs to know that i work with you if that's makes you more comfortable that is a selling point they want to feel safe in their houses so yeah
1: yeah and also i would imagine just as you said anybody with money and um is always aware Mm -hmm. that they're not they don't know how genuine anybody could be exactly. because anybody with money, people are, doesn't matter if you're chef, friends. friends. They're, they're Sneak a ra-
3: somebody cutting your hair, selling you shoes. Everyone All has right. an angle. Right. So you got to be like, when I came into my position, I knew that the food mattered and how I left his home mattered, you know? being super clean, keeping it like I would keep a restaurant, like just just making sure that I was aware of certain things and staying in my lane.
1: So how did you learn that? Because you can't just step into that. Well, I guess you learned it from Angela. From Angela, right. Angela, so did, was she, did she mentor you about she that? She did. Say, Listen, and, here's how you got to handle this. Yes, shit.
3: absolutely. Like, honestly, when things would come up, I, like the situations that I don't really know how to handle, and this is even before I got with my current client now, um, there were so many situations that came up. Like, people try to, they try you in every way, uh, you know, from rappers to actresses, actors, whomever it is, they will because they're in this world, everybody wants something from them. They're already anticipating it. So they will proposition you with things, gifts, uh, oh, trying to pay me in social media currency, um, trying to invite me out to the, cl- I don't go to the club with my clients. Mm-hmm. That's um, no, like I'm here to get a check. <laughs> like If I happen to see you at the club, then cool. Hey, how you doing? But I had to have a hard separation on business and personal and, Angela still is a mentor to me now. All the chefs that are on in LA and in New York, New Jersey, um, they got to run by Angela first. Honestly, I sent them to her house. <laughs> Can you vet this person um, for me? Well, and, it's and she's on it.
1: As I as I understand it, you're doing some vetting too.
3: Yes. For, yes.
1: For, so there's a there's a maybe there's a double vet process or there's a different thing. So help me out with this because I've been around. Um, a few people in my life making a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, musicians, mm-hmm. and I got to know them pretty well. There's no doubt about it that when money comes, ego gets yeah. played and they can be big assholes. Yeah. So, super ha- abusive at times. Like. Right. So, and just they just not very respectful because mm-hmm. they expect everything to be done for them. But- and and that's the way it is. I'm not. I am not assuming anything of anybody you work for. <laughs> but I'm just saying, generally speaking, they can be. That's
3: like the biggest thing to watch out for. That's why I was scared to even interview for the job because I didn't know what to really expect. But I mean, it's like you know, three and a half years later, I'm still here. I'm, God bless, work for one of the most humble people in. the the planet
2: like, right there's
3: I'm, you can't have i can't have an ego because he doesn't have an ego like he's chill oh come on Out. I, I can't like if you see me out like i am totally humble. no i don't
1: mean you i mean h- him he's gotta have he, he not I with me i don't know him a lot thank you god he is
3: amazing and with all of the people that he works with like so chill so down to earth not pompous not nothing but a lot like my company we're really selective about the type of people that we choose to work with as well because there I have come across some really disgusting human beings who look at you know what we do like we're their servants and not you know your hired private chef (laughs) like I am literally like in a class all of my own like I would I'm definitely not going to take any abuse, nor am I going to allow any of my chefs to take any abuse from anybody. So if there's not, if I see that you're that type of person, like I won't even work with you, there is somebody that will. It just won't be my company.
1: Is it? And I would imagine it gets around. So if someone, oh, yeah. if someone's really yeah. going to be rough to work with, you You would know ahead of time. Sure. It's pretty easy to vet that kind of thing. These people didn't you have just to come ask, from Mars. You
3: have to do your diligence. You know, you can't, You you have to, in, especially with me, I travel, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to ask around. Yo, what do you think of this person? Have you worked with this person before? You know, who were some of the other people they worked for? Can you show me some of their successes? Those things matter, especially with chefs. I mean, chefs lie about their what they're capable of doing often, often, often,
1: often. Well, and I would also <laughs> imagine it's kind of a catch twenty two because it's kind kind of hard to find. Um, a chef that isn't working for someone anywhere that didn't, there wasn't a problem, right? If they were, if everything was working well, yep. um, then you'd know it,
3: yeah. I will say though, in this, in this, um, like football, basketball, baseball, soccer world, mm-hmm. um, you can find out quickly because they have to work with so many people, right? You can go to an organization like the Blazers and you know. It, it doesn't even have to be anybody higher up. You can find out if somebody's a jerk or not just by how they treat the towel boy, or how they treat you know the person that brings them their smoothies. Like if you if you're so, pleased and so thank you guy, actually, I'll probably work with you.
1: Someone ha- <laughs> someone actually is going to have towel boy on their resume someday. Is that the... I
3: mean <laughs> you ought to wear your hat. You got it. You got to get gotta in where you can that, fit in. That's
1: kind of the dishwasher of locker rooms. <laughs> exactly. So um, so do you. Um, uh, a little bit. Do you miss New York? Um, do you? How do you uh, like Portland? This is a Portland podcast. So Portland I'm podcast.
3: Um, I will say I have really enjoyed the winter here. It's been rainy, but it has not been freezing cold. Yes, yeah, I'm from the, that area too. So I say, uh, how bad can it be? I'll just take the rain over that blistering New York cold. New York, I'm gonna see y'all in the summer. You know what time it is, but. right? And then. <laughs> and,
1: and hopefully you're here in the summer but yeah. it's so there's it's been,
3: no humidity yeah, oh my god it's these beautiful. Past couple days have been fantastic right but
1: this is just a precursor so oh. in the summer there's no humidity and it's Amazing. just beautiful so um stay are you so do you stay on it uh, so are you just focused i'm going to i'm cooking whatever happens to my client I will go with them wherever they go. Yeah. I know I'm going to go. Do you care? Like if they told you you were going to sure be does. in such and such city, I'm not going to name one. If he
3: said we're going to go to Timbuktu and we're going to be there for six months, I'd be like, all right, cool. What's the weather? Like, how should I pack?
1: <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> like,
3: I I have a home base. I have amazing friends. Um, man, some of the best friends that I could have that are in this, that are home, like that I grew up with and that are in this industry so my support system is insane like two of my closest friends one uh represents Kyrie and one works for the nba and when i tell you it's like i can't keep up with what city that they're in like we don't ever link up in the same city often Mm -hmm. maybe in new york but then we want to see each other like yo i'm going to jamaica for a couple days you come in and we build each other like they keep me grounded because they're in this world too, and they're the people that I could blow off all my steam and they actually get it. Cause, like, that's also a hard separation. Uh, my friends at home that I grew up with don't necessarily understand this life that I'm in now. So, you have to have the friends that you can be the round the way girl with, as well as your friends that you can have these professional conversations and like build and grow and develop yourself, your business, your team, and keep sane. It's not easy. I'm here by myself. Like all the people that I met here, I've just met in these past couple months. You got to be like a quick study to yeah. and fit in.
1: Not not that I, you know, this is not a sports talk radio program, but it could be that by next November, you got to go make a whole new set of friends. Exactly. Too, like so. you,
3: you really don't know. And um, when I first started, the anxiety would kill me because I am a nester. I felt like everywhere I went, like, oh, this is going to be my home now. I'm going to be here. I'm going to find my church. Hey, you don't get to
1: do that. No. Never. That's not part of no. your profession. I have to maybe nest someday, in a box. <laughs> maybe someday, if, you're, if you ever retire, because yes. that's something, you, I don't know if you want to do forever, um, you'll be able to do that. But I would find it very difficult to not say, oh, this is what I want to be, my home. It's part of my yeah. psyche. What's my environment? Environment's very important. So yes. you don't get to necessarily do that. You have, And let's face it, you're probably with the kind of salaries you're talking about you're working in a nice house right but you yes. don't you don't live in that house no, right no, no, no. so you have your own spot
3: mm-hmm. and then you and go and work there and that's very important right. for sanity right, right? you got to maintain that's how i do my nesting right. i have my little box of things that i know that i need to make me feel at home anywhere and i don't ever <laughs> leave without that box like that's my this is my new nest um but having a place that i could just have as my own and create as my own is important for, you know, just not being so sad and I'm missing home and my friends visit, people do come and see me.
1: And there's, there's, you know, nowadays there are lots of ways to stay in touch mm-hmm. that aren't in person. Right. Too. So you get that as well. Yes. So do you, um, if you had your brothers, would you want to, would you want to hang out here? You wherever you go, you go. Do you ever want, you want to get back? To, I would imagine you want to get back to New York.
3: I'm going to be so honest then, with and you. And someday
1: Carmelo is going to retire. Yes. So then, yes. you know.
3: Um, I'm going to be so honest with you. My my plan for my life is to go back home to Jamaica and start a bed and breakfast there on the beach that I could make a very high end. My clients can come and enjoy something where I can give a real amazing chef experience as well as a piece of my culture to people and i would like to lay my roots in houston texas
1: in houston yeah so houston and jamaica i have both houston going and on.
3: jamaica i'm a gemini what, why houston two options. did
1: you what, why houston
3: um when i went there uh with my work i met my boyfriend
1: oh there you go yes. who's,
3: who's by the way not in the studio he's, he's no make he's i think he's at starbucks oh he's, outside. He, <laughs> 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 he's coming there soon he came to see me i missed him so much um he is from houston and um i'm 32 i'm about to be 33 and you're just a puppy i am i'm a baby but i've been through some things in life already you know i've right. already been married and divorced i've already, like i've been through life and i met him and he became home and honestly wherever he's at is where i'm gonna be and he nice. wants to be in texas and that's where we're gonna be
1: and, and what does he do
3: <laughs> uh he is a truck driver Oh, cool. Yeah. That's fun. He does cross country. And uh, we have a trucking company together. Wow. Yeah. So hopefully in the next couple of years, he will no longer have to drive. We're going to have some other people in our trucks. Right. I could have my little thing or I could go have like a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be nice, you know, because my you, clients are my babies. The, you don't want
1: the kid in the back of the in No, 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 no,
3: no. We're going to definitely, I could, and my family is Caribbean. Being in New York we've been in Jersey my pretty much whole life. Like I. Weather. Weather.
2: Yes. I want to be where it's warm. I I want my grandma to be where it's
3: warm and she doesn't want to go back to Jamaica. She wants to stay in America. So it's not a long flight to Jamaica from there. Um, I really got to go back and give something to my country. I like, I can't be doing all of these great things and not, give back to my people as well as you know give them opportunities too because whoever works at my resort whoever works with me i would like to give them placement opportunities hopefully around the world should my company grow that well let's not say should when my company grows (laughs) to the global standpoint it's
1: it's already growing so (laughs) it's on its its way so that's cool i am happy to know you not only to know you because i have enjoyed conversation that we've had a couple of times this and this but I also am really looking for I mean my I don't know if you noticed but my eyes lit up when you said you wanted to have a place in Jamaica yeah because country. I I always would love that as a destination and right. knowing knowing yeah I don't know if you're gonna just be there all the time. You're going to be in Houston. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up. When I show up, they're going to say, Nope, she's in Houston this week. <laughs>
3: but you can always call me. Nowadays, I'm just a phone call away. I set you up real nice.
1: Yeah, all right. Yes. Well, I would want you to be there. I want to have your cooking. I haven't okay. had your cooking yet.
3: That is so true. You know, I really do need to do something for the city.
1: This city. This city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, well, let's see what we can do yeah, in that, that would regard. would be awesome. i bring some I Caribbean you, flavor. <laughs> that would be great. And I know all. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you all did. Uh, all yes, your personal yes shout for all out the Blazers. to my
3: personal chef team you know they like they came in and welcomed me like i've known them my whole life and chef Killa, chef Kiara, you know that's what i say i say all the time and you know, she's my sister because we have the same birthday Already very did. surprisingly yes and um when i met her she just like welcomed me in. her and crystal welcomed me in with such warmness they they included me they didn't make me feel like an outsider since I just got there. They just came and were like, "Oh, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do and it." They well. haven't been
1: here long either. No, so they haven't. I'll, I'll, they're gonna be on two, I believe. Their episode is before yours. I'm not sure. Either okay. way, if you're listening to this one, listen to that one. You got to. That yeah, is so listen to that one, and we'll on that one. We'll say well, you got to listen to this one. But I, I guess I'll cover with her. What you do when you get to a city and you got to know where to source the best ingredients. So, yeah, um, she
3: told me. So, yes, okay, she's so I'll the uh, one
1: to I'll ask. ask her because, <laughs> as someone who's kind of in the food world here, I always wonder that. And of course, I was glad to hear shout out to our sponsor, Zupans, that you Ooh, all had discovered I'm Zupans. Zupans. Shopper. You, right. You had all discovered Zupans yes. before I even mentioned it. So, I was glad to hear that yeah. already happened.
3: So. Avid Zupan shopper. They have an oh, the fruit there is always fresh. I get all my pears there, literally ha- by request from my clients. Like, where that pear that you bought the last time? Cheese selection, amazing, and all of the little specialty items that you really don't find in any other supermarket. They have an aisle like just
2: yeah,
1: that's yeah, really good. So I got a little hint for you if if you're here next okay. year. Okay, I hope you are. Yeah, but Me wherever too. you are, I hope. You- but um, if you're here next year, you can you can take you can slack at Christmas time, because they serve and, and Thanksgiving. Okay, you can go in there and do the whole thing, and it's so good, and you just pick it up in a box and take it home. And oh,
3: eat it. that's so smart! So you can have
1: one holiday where you can kind of slip out, have your boyfriend come up, and just yes. take care of business. But they usually play on Christmas Day, if I recall. NBA is doesn't take a day off. No, they Christmas,
3: play on Christmas Day. Yeah, so they mm-hmm.
1: do. So, and this is a long time away from this moment, but this moment has been really pleasant. Yeah. Really pleasant. Yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you for thank,
3: having me. This is awesome.
1: And thanks for being diligent too. I swear, last night I was sitting outside of Shalom Y'all. Um, I just had dinner, and I thought I gotta I gotta write Lex because I just wanted to touch base because it was been right a couple before, of weeks. Yeah. And I picked up my phone and I'm scrolling down to our last conversation. Mm-hmm. And your text came in at that moment. Yes. It was like, there's a, maybe we do have the same. We what's your, sync, birthday? what's your birthday? June 16th. No, no, that's, that's not close to oh. mine, but, um, but it was the
3: Pisces new moon. Yeah. <laughs> but it so was, accurate. I
1: swear as I was scrolling, I thought, Oh, I text, who else yeah. is texting me? And it was like, right. You found, cause it was way down. Yeah. I got a lot of texts.
3: So I, it, I was actually reading your email. Oh, and I was like,
1: yeah,
3: (laughs) I'm, I, you know, I do try to be diligent, especially like I said, I just got here. I got to follow the rules. I make sure I was like, do I have to, I didn't know if it was also being videotaped. So I was really looking to see like, am I allowed to wear any color that I want? Like what is it that I have to
2: do?
3: And I saw the topics and I'm like, damn, I didn't send him any topics, but let me just make sure I touch on this one point before.
1: uh, Even if you don't sell topics, we get to it on the show. Sometimes I like to know what, what. To trigger, okay. so I already had many ideas on what we could talk about. I did and list the
3: questions. already.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I, but I'm curious, what did you think when you read that you can't use the word amazing, which you have used, by the way?
3: I know. So, I, I tried. <laughs> I was trying to be really cognizant of it.
1: <laughs> right. It's, it's, so that's um, one of the exercises is yes. people can't be. They just can't but do it. He's
3: amazing, so much
1: though. That's why we asked people to stop using it because uh, it became it's nothing. Overused. For me, it became nothing. And then the second reason was I thought it was a little subliminal thing that if we make a deal out of, out of it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, a few thousand listeners. Uh-huh. Everybody who listens to the podcast now, when they hear the word amazing, is going to think it was a subliminal advertising thing. I'm a guy from advertising. Uh-huh. going to think of the podcast. So if someone uses amazing a lot, mm-hmm. they're going to hear it and go, you know, you know, that, now I see why they did that on that podcast.
3: So. Right, 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 right. That's the reasons we did it. So. Okay.
1: All right. Well, um, thanks so much. Glad you came. Yeah, go spend you. time with your boyfriend and and i I, I assume i get to go see who this guy is that you're gonna move you're gonna change your life for, or you have changed your life for. i have wonderful he's my rider beautiful thanks thank you hey how are you doing
4: going on man i'm good just getting out of the gym enjoying
1: this beautiful day how are you i'm all right same thing it's a beautiful day and it's nice to be speaking with you is this a, is this a good time or would a few minutes yeah, be good yeah. time? okay good good just want so we're doing this in sort of um, old style with two phones one recording the other because we found to do these little follow up short interviews to ask people to get involved with technology We had more technological problems than we wanted, so... Got
2: you, yeah, yeah, I feel that.
1: But I have you here, I can hear you, I'm glad we're able to uh, catch up. Um, It's been quite a while, and gee, not too much has transpired since we last spoke, has it?
4: Well, for me, (laughs) a lot. (laughs) I've been working all of COVID, so I have had quite a few projects released um my documentary that i'm working on we dropped the sizzle for that so we're shopping it now it's doing really well we have a couple people interested and I'm just getting ready to go to orlando
1: oh uh, so what's going on in orlando
4: so the nba is going down there um for to finish the season okay and um my lifestyle management company uh is pitching to come to be one of the approved vendors um to service multiple players oh, okay. so i'm coming down there with my client who's agreed to like he's gonna go down there and do his thing and a couple of my other players will also be able to give service and i'm trying to bring a few chefs down with me it's Looking
1: promising. Oh, fantastic! When is that going to happen? It's funny because I looked up uh, Carmelo's contract, and of course, you don't know after this year where yeah, where that's going to go. Yeah, exactly. So I went that far, but I honestly, I've been sort of looking forward to baseball, but I wasn't. I wasn't following what was going on with the NBA. I just assumed the season was over.
2: But
4: oh yeah, no, they're resuming that, and they'll be doing the. They're doing a few scrimmage games to get the last couple seeds. Um, like I think the sixth, seventh, and eighth seed needs to still be filled. Portland is like looking like a guarantee um, to be in the playoffs. So we're definitely going down there and representing. Are, and are you? Sti- um, where
1: are you now? Where are you calling me from?
4: I am. I am in uh, Portland actually. Right. Right now I'm on that <laughs> Portland Layton cusp.
1: Tualatin.
4: Tualatin.
1: Good. So, well, so I am I, from Jersey,
4: I, man. Well, that's
1: good. So that evens us out. I, I was ignorant about the NBA, and you're, you know, I'm helping you with the word Tualatin. I'm glad to do that. So, um, so that's good. So um, let, just quickly, so a couple of huge things have happened. Obviously, uh-huh. the, the virus has happened, and, and that has yes. been a big thing that hit you know that actually hit right before your episode was originally scheduled to start right. streaming, and then of course um George floyd and black la a lot that goes with that too that's yeah. actually that actually interestingly enough will over the long term that's a bigger issue, and I think is is really i'd just like to get your thoughts uh on. What has transpired since then? Did you ever expect that to happen? And what what you think will be the long term effect of everything that's happened um, with with that and, and starting in Minneapolis and going around the country?
4: Well, that is such a huge question. That's like eighteen questions in one. So I'll start with I'll start with the act itself. Um. You know, as a black person who's traveled around the country and lived in many different states, Um, I've lived in Oklahoma, I have lived in North Carolina, I've lived in Texas. Um, A lot of these are states that the racism is high, and you just don't get, you don't see it in such uh, boldness in New Jersey. Um, I grew up in what would be considered like a bubble where everyone is just like, they either hate you or they don't hate you. It really doesn't have anything to do with your race. Even racists in New Jersey, I mean, they still have, you know, lots of black friends. It's just, they're ignorant to the lifestyle and the culture of those that are uh, not as financially stable. Those that live in the hood. Those that um, just really aren't afforded the luxuries, and unfortunately, um, just for the way that I, I live my life, and the fact that I'm around celebrities and all of this, I get to see both sides. Um, So people really do treat you different based on your class. And that's disgusting. And I feel like this George Floyd movement right now is every class, every person really recognizing, like, in its full force, like, yo, this is a constant. This is a constant that happens. We don't see any other race of people getting murdered by the police in this way. And it's just, violent, disgusting, uh, negligent way. And I love and I'm really proud of Portland for protesting the way that they are because I did not realize how many people are really in support. I mean, Portland is a incredibly whitewashed place. I mean, there's just very little culture. Um, like, where I'm from, there's literally a little India that is an entire town. There's a little... The little Italy. There's a the place where, like, African people like come and everyone respects each other's culture in the little cities that they build up. But here, there's none of that. So to see all of these people coming out in droves, really fighting for the rights, bringing acknowledgement, letting them know that you know we're here for you and we're allies. I'm proud of Portland. You guys really stood up, and I love that.
1: Yeah, um, I I think uh, to just see. Um, his death happened so casually and for people to to people to get in front of it, instead of waiting to see the police officers get off as they so often have to get in front of it was, um, was a huge, it's just, it's going to create a huge change, sea change. We hope we don't, you know, let's hope. hope. Yeah, we we hope. hope, but at least it's, I'll tell you what, it's, I grew up in a, you know, it's obvious, uh, you know, I'm someone who could, who, who could never deflect white, uh, white privilege claim um, from oh me because I grew up there. And so you, you think what's opened my eyes um, is one thinks they're doing all the right things, but no, it's not okay to just have your heart in the right place. I think that's what this is showing because something's got, you can't just sit back and think that. Um, right. because you have nothing to do something. nothing's going to change. Right. So I've right. been uh, trying to make some changes and uh, not go into it, but I didn't want this to be about me. So I was more curious okay. to okay. hear, <laughs> I was more curious to hear your, um, you know, your thoughts on it all. And it's important. I mean,
4: It's, it's so difficult as well for me. Like I said, I really didn't, I wasn't raised, um, experiencing racism. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm half black and and Indian and my mom's husband is white and like half of my cousins are black and white or some mix of the culture and like we just didn't grow up like that. My parents are British and the racism is different in London. Um,
1: but it's, it's still, very, there's, there's um, still racism right? There's still racism there. Still
4: racism yeah because London is standing up for Black Lives Matter right now too and Canada like so there is still racism it's just different. Right. Um, the racism is more a power racism. Like, like I said, it's more of a classist racism. Like, if you're above a certain class, you don't feel it. Right. It's like it's like it's not happening to you. Um. So for all of this, it's also brought about some very difficult conversations. Um. Because like I said my mom's husband is white, and you know he knows he's married to a black woman who has a black child who's like out in this world. And there was so much that he really just didn't understand about what we had to go through until this. And for him being married to my mom, his anger was just, it was disproportionate. It was like he felt all the pain of all of our people this whole time. And, you know, a lot of people I'm realizing are just not even like they didn't know how bad things were. And now that they know, they're so mad. But that's not going to help us. Your feelings are valid and respected. But what's going to help us are calculated moves. Like wanting to act out based on that emotion isn't going to really solve anything. What we need is literal solutions to the problem. We need more people to want to be in positions of leadership. We need more people, especially people like like my mom's husband, who is like going to these, these hoods. I work with the city, and I work with um, the school in Newark, and, like, there's literally 90% black children in the school, immigrants from all over the world, and, like, I would need him to go into this school and help them. Because that's the thing that people are not getting. Like, it, it, we need help. We know what's happening to us. We've been known what's happening to us, but now we need help to make a change. Right. And that means positions of power need to be filled by those that are unbiased. We need more people of of all sorts of color, but especially black people wanting to be cops and wanting to be firefighters and wanting to be police commissioners and all of these positions of power to make the changes. And if, even if the system is so corrupt and we as black people can't get to these high levels, our allies, people like you, people like my mom's husband, people like my friends that support me, they need to start getting involved and making the moves so that we can help. Like, it's too much of Emotional decision making right now. And, um, uh, we just need some structure,
1: I feel. Right. And that's what I was alluding to before that right now we're in a very emotional period. And, um, as time goes on, I think, I think we're in a positive place now because, there, as you said, there have been a lot of discussions that never took place before. And a lot right. of, you know, uh, you know, I've o- always thought, even to have you on the program before do i need to walk on eggshells to not say something that's inappropriate now i think it's all out there and we can ask questions and i've learned to listen <laughs> i don't know if i yeah. did it. i don't know if i did that 5 minutes ago but i want to hear <laughs> what others think what i think i know and so I need to change the way I think by listening to others, and I think other people are are realizing that, and other people are seeing, you know, I've been pulled over by the cops a lot in my life. I've never feared for my life. Um, I've only thought, how much is this going to cost me? That's it. Right. That is a big difference. So um, being sympathetic to that now is important, and I think the fact, I can't believe there have been cops since this happened. That has perpetrated the shit on top of it, knowing. I just couldn't believe that that knowing that the there was a camera rolling, we watched yeah. George Floyd. That was incredible. That was so bold and, and crazy,
4: so brazen, and yeah. that's that is why we are so mad because We're, it is the blatant disregard of our lives. There's been so many stories I'm reading on facebook and instagram of white people who are in support telling the stories of times they have done far worse things and gotten a slap on the wrist and how their parents call it mistakes and like it's just it's it makes me sad because it's like i know i've seen this experience I've, i've felt the experience um it's so strange like when people meet me And they don't know who I am or what I do or who I work for and the way that they treat me then versus the way that they treat me when they find out that I have some influence. It's disgusting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's
4: terrible. Yeah. and
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Will you change the way you react to that in the future? So I'm sure you in order to avoid conflict, you would just make note of that and be disgusted? Or is there a time when you're going to say, Hey, you know what? It sucks that you treated me one way and now you know who I am. And all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden I'm being treated differently. Are you going, do you think you may react differently in the future?
4: Um, I do feel like I am far more open for a conversation, but I'll tell you the thing that really changed for me is about, Um, so I get a lot of opportunities that pass the table for me, especially since I employ others. I am asking for what I have worked far more. There is no more negotiation on my price and who I am. Like, if you feel like you can, you know, treat me like the homie so that I can charge you less or whatever, like, no, I'm coming full rates for everyone. I'm making sure my chefs are getting paid fair wages. I'm fighting for them in that, I'm fighting for our representation, especially in this culinary world. It's, it's becoming more open, but I mean, like just even with the NBA, all of the restaurants that they chose to service the players are all owned by white corporations. So I am going straight to them with my ask and my fight to allow us to be represented. Because we are who feeds these guys all the time. In and out, every day. Like uh, these black owned small businesses are where, you know, when guys want that fix for something homely, they come to to our market. They only go to your market because it's just what's available. Like this is all that you guys are making available. So I just wanna be an advocate more for others. I've always been an advocate for others. But I'm really starting to like speak up about it more than just trying to
1: move behind the scenes like I'm used to. That's, that's, well, that's progress too for everybody. So, um, not to put you on the spot, um, but what, have you seen anything in particular that, uh, some of your, uh, you know, the NBA players that you know, or that you don't know, um, some actions they've taken and attitudes they have that, uh, you think will have an impact in the future?
4: Yeah, I'm I'm noticing a lot of players are uh, doing more for the communities that they came from and giving more acknowledgement to that, um, which is greatly appreciated because once you get money, I mean, a lot of people don't come back, you know, so the fact that they are reaching out and giving back, um, like the other day, you know, CJ McCullen did a, um, he bought out the trap kitchen truck and those guys are like my good friends to just feed the people of portland people that are out there protesting people that are doing their thing um it was about two full straight hours of just feeding people for free so like things like that those small acknowledgements um they are meaning the world to the people who like idolize them so right. i appreciate that they're they're coming back down off of especially during this covid situation which we didn't even get to touch on yet but during COVID, the fact that these guys are who's worshipped, you know, like be, this is the middle of the NBA season this happened and everyone has just been on a really equal playing field. Like this is a world problem, not just a rich poor problem. Right. So the fact that the guys have had to, everyone has had to really have this experience it's brought them down to a far more like humble level where they are connecting with just the everyday people. And I love that. Right. The, The people that are putting you on the pedestal.
1: The virus did not, does not know status. So, no, it does not. So, uh, yeah. And you know, you're in a sport where, where guys are close together. They're in locker rooms. I mean, they're in a, they're in the most contagious possible situation. So, I'm sure it caused them to uh, step back and think quite a bit. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was, it, it was, that was an equalizer and in a way so is all of what we've been talking about. It should be an equalizer and, you know, part of the, um, the irony of it is that we want everybody to be treated equally, not just. Rock stars and basketball stars, but everybody has to be treated with respect, and, uh, and then when you see the stories of those that, where people didn't know their status and they treated them like shit, that was, uh, that was inter- yeah. interesting stories in that regard. So yeah. um, so do you, you, we may not see you in Portland for very long. Yeah,
4: when I'm out, I leave like uh, I think first or second week of July. I'm praying that you come back. I really do enjoy it here. This is a beautiful city. It's been a a pleasure to um, do COVID here. (laughs) Do my time.
1: Well, well, I've gone a step further. I've been doing it in Manzanita, so I can never complain. Mm. It's beautiful. Oh,
4: you know, I just went to Pacific City
1: for my birthday. Yeah, well, good. Happy birthday. Thank um, you. It was yeah, gorgeous. It's all gorgeous out here. So it was, a, and yeah. we didn't have a lot of people, so it was a good place to do it. So I know you can't speak for Carmelo, but I'm going to, you can nod yes or no. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess that you couldn't have publicly wished that you could stay in Portland if your client didn't want to be here because he's a free agent. So. Oh,
4: yeah. I mean, he loves it here, but really, at this point, it's about, you know, what the contracts are going to look like. Where is he going to go? Do they want him back? The conversation is just so long and drawn out that if we can stay here, I'm, I don't see why he wouldn't. But, I mean, if another team offers a better deal, I don't see why he also wouldn't take that.
1: Right. But, I'm, but I, I guess – I, Right. I was, just, <laughs> I was just thinking all things being equal – yeah, he, he loves it
4: here. It's yeah, beautiful. Exactly. Like,
1: exactly. So, yeah, I, of course, and of course, he's he's in a different stage of his career, so an extra million. I can't speak for him, but, I mean, he used to make $23 million and he's making yeah. 10% of that now. Yeah. So he just wants to play for passion at this stage. He
4: wants to play for passion, and he wants to play for his son and his legacy. He doesn't want his family to... Um, for everything that happened in the past, uh, I feel like the perseverance is what's pushing him now. Like, all right, we went through a tough time, but I'm not a quitter and I'm not giving up. And I'm, I'm sure his body is in great shape. He's still shooting excellent. Like he's still a starter. I, I don't see why he wouldn't continue to play. Um, Portland giving him the chance to come here was such a beautiful move. Um, He bonded with the team. We bonded with the team. I I never felt so welcome in a city um, as I have here in Portland. So I'm sure if everything looks right, I don't see any reason why this wouldn't work. I mean, it's beautiful here. And the people are bomb. And the organization of the Blazers are bomb. Like They really do take such excellent care of their players. And they listen to them. And they try to do what works for the good of the overall team, which is definitely not something that I've seen across the board. Um, It's really just player-specific, but this team cares about everyone, and that's unheard of. So I'm team Blazers. I love the Blazers. We'll just see what happens.
1: Well, that's great. This has been a very positive conversation. After... A couple of months of real, a few months of really tough times for everyone. So um yeah, sure. I'm really glad to hear you being positive and looking forward. And I'm oh, really, that's
2: all we got.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But I'm also glad we met. Think about that. It's a good opportunity yeah. to meet and um, that we were able to follow us up. I'm so sorry that your episode was scheduled like that March 19th or something. So yeah. it just didn't feel right to release something at that moment um, that didn't address what was going on because that was the beginning of the big dagger. Uh, for everybody. So I'm glad we're able to revisit right now and I think release your interview at an appropriate time. And um, there's a lot of good things that you offered and that people should listen to, both in the original interview that took place in, I think it was early March, and this... Yeah. Which, for anyone's reference, is what June twenty second or twenty third?
2: June twenty third.
1: June twenty third. It's funny how we lose we lose track of time, and so and the other thing is the sunsets are so late. The days are just so odd. The are,
2: I am in love with that. That's a beautiful thing.
1: Have you ever traveled even further north where the sun goes down? You know, eleven o'clock at night. That's.
2: No! You oh my do, God, I need to.
1: Yeah, you know what you need to do. We're do we we're doing a trip to Iceland next year. I think we're gonna have four hours of dark at this time oh, of year. Wow. So um Dang. so that so come with us. That would be fun. So I would
4: love that. Yeah. yeah email it, me. I love
1: that. Will do. All right, Alexia, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you, it. Chris. And uh, you, good luck in Orlando and uh, wherever you. with all your adventures in life. You've got so many in front of you.
4: Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and before you go, man, shout out to Westside High School and all the work I'm doing with them and those beautiful kids. I'm so proud of them They just graduated uh, through this COVID situation. Uh, to all our graduates, to all the kids who pushed through and persevered and finish off strong, even amidst this madness. I'm proud of you guys, and you guys are the future.
1: Fantastic. And one more time, I know we covered it, I'm sure we covered it, in the first interview, where would people find you, on your website, and on Instagram, and all that good stuff?
4: Yes, Um, you can follow me, at Chef Lex Grant, on all social media platforms, and my website, there's two, it's www.eatmeupcuisine.com, and www.eatmeupcuisine.com, chef lex grant and co. com, and if you are interested anyone listening we are doing a um a fundraiser for this documentary that we are shooting in uh northern new jersey accepting all donations anybody who's interested please reach out at uh www.westsidehighthemovie.com
1: fantastic www.westsidehighthemovie.com fantastic yes. Thank you so much. Enjoy this beautiful day. We will uh, be
2: in touch. Tu- we too. will be in
1: touch. i look forward to it.
2: All right. Bye-bye, Chris.
1: Thanks, Chef Lex. Bye.
0: Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at Right at